This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by our litigious friends at Spotify. 195 million paying subscribers all enjoying their Spotify wrapped this week. That's right. It's Christmas at Spotify. Lawyer up. My name is Timothy. My name is Matthew. This podcast is called Ear Buddies. You know, it was it was close. It was close. We almost missed a Monday. But, but we're not being judged. This is this is purely a yes or no grading <laughs> scale. It's there's no bell curve here yeah i mean it's a binary did we make did it? it yes yep move and on we did yep yep check Sorry. check off the box and forget about it i don't care if it came out at like 10 30 at night central time it's monday i don't care if you're uh abroad and it was tuesday for you we work in central time here deal with it sorry it's central you know it's right there in the name so we were there on time, uh, and that's all we have to say about it, right? That's right. Today, Matt, we're going to school. Oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I am your professor. I am your adjunct professor today. I'm not uh, tenured. I I work you know, on a, on a contract basis, and do I hope to obtain tenure at some point? Of course. But for today, I'm happy to simply espouse my knowledge as an expert on music to all of those at home and to you, Matt. Um, I basically know everything there is to know about <laughs> music, Tim, but I'm willing to humor you here. <laughs> you and I, Matt, we're, we're a little burnt out, right? We've said this. Yes. Right. Tired of the status quo in pop music. Hoping for something new. Uh, but we don't we don't decide what rises and falls on the charts and, and in the public consciousness. So we have to deal with what we've got. And I think a useful tool for finding more pleasure in the music that is before us is a little something that I call thrifting. Let's thrift. Is that the correct pronunciation? You nailed it. When I was a, a f- freshman, my second semester as a music major at Minot State University, go Beavers, I was introduced to this concept by my music theory teacher, Dr. Eric Anderson. And if my further research is correct, um, the originator of this idea is someone named Jan LaRue in a book she wrote called Guidelines for Style Analysis. That sounds boring. So what are we talking about here? Thrifting. T-H-R-M-F-T. For our purposes, Matt, I'm going to add a seventh. But six components of music 
of all music. Doesn't matter what genre, you know, whether it's a week old or a thousand years old, you can apply these six criteria to any type of music and it'll help you get a sense of, of what you like and what you dislike. So, uh, I should clarify that T H R M F T stands for texture, harmony, rhythm, melody, form, and timbre. And I'm going to add, uh, lyrics. I, th- I think it's important. Ah, um, uh, yes. I think about pretty much all music I listen to now through these lenses, and it has helped me a lot. And I'm I'm trying to sort of refocus myself on this. And so I'd like to share it with you, Matt, and share it with everybody at home as a way of maybe making uh, the music listening experience more active and uh, richer and, and more satisfying. Okay, you know what, Tim? I was a little bit wary when you started speaking in these academic terms and mm-hmm. referring your, to yourself as a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this idea a lot. Uh, let me tell you why, if I may. Would you please? Just so you have some further confidence going forward. Not that you don't. Uh, the unexamined life is not worth living. We know this. <laughs> Which, I mean, would you agree? Oh, I've been saying this, yes. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think it's this sort of rubric, these criteria, it's important um, as a music consumer to sort of know what, I mean, I guess to know what you're listening to and what you're listening for. Um, because for us, for us real musicians and for us uh real music consumers, serious music listeners. Enthusiasts. Uh, Yes, well, aficionados. Yes. Uh, We, most of us, sort of probably apply these these criteria reflexively and instinctively, right? That's right. And we may not know what we're exactly, um, what the term is, Mm -hmm. um, but it matters a lot because, you know, you and I have said... uh, countless times this is a great song or this is a bad song yeah. right um, yeah, yeah. and it's like what how do you, how can you judge such a thing um, mm-hmm. and so of course you know just these uh, these seven different things you're going to talk about that's not right. the be all end all of, of you know summing up a tune no but right very important um, to kind of Put a name to um, to those elements. So let's uh, let's see what you got here. I have yeah. I have opened my notebook. <laughs> uh, I have put my cell phone in my pocket Thank and you. turned it on silent. Thank you. And I have a fresh set of pens that I got from Target uh, <laughs> that I have opened. I have one in my hand, and I am ready i'm i'm wrapped i'm ready to take notes and learn matt the first one is texture 
texture is the overall sound created by all of the instruments. Basically, if you took sort of a vertical view of, you know, uh, what sounds am I hearing? Texture, um, you know, it can be it can be dense, right? It can be mm-hmm. a lot of, of sounds playing at once. Yeah. Uh, it can be very thick in that way and layered. Um, it can be sort of sparse, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, for example, just a piano or just a uh, vocal and a guitar. Um, that's. It, am I correct in yeah. saying that's sort of what we're talking about? You're right, and you can take it even further. Like, um, what the what the nerds will say is, um, is it monophonic? In in which is to say, is it just like a chant? You know, is it just a single instrument playing only one note at a time, or you know, a vocalist uh, just you know going up and down a scale or something? Or is it polyphonic, uh, which is basically all the music we listen to, w- w- meaning it's several different parts all played at once. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not one that takes, you know, if you have preferences, good. Now, you you know, you can, of, of course, you know what kind of music you like. So this one is not that helpful, but trust me, please don't turn it off. I, I, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm 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 here for it. Because we're getting into the good one next. It's harmony. Matt, what is harmony? Harmony is uh polyphonic to use a nerd term it's two or more tones sounding in unison to create a pleasing usually um sound and that's not the exact right definition but simple enough crushed it bro uh yeah it's chords right it's chords you don't need to be a music major or have some insanely good ear and the ability to like analyze on the fly um, a chord progression or you know the the harmonic features of a piece of music to be able to engage with harmony You know, one of the reasons I love jazz so much is because I I really uh, gravitate towards more complex harmonies. And, you know, jazz is basically defined by its its chords and, and how it uses um, sevenths. Typically, like, a, a standard chord is one, three, five of the scale tones, right? Mm-hmm. If you add one, three, five, seven... Mm, that's seven. That, that's jazz. That's jazz, baby. <laughs> I can just tell. <laughs> or you could do one, three, five, major seven, and that's also jazz, but it's a different flavor. And you could. There are uh, so many flavors of jazz chords that if you really want to get nerdy, you can dig into and learn to analyze, or you can just savor the experience of beautiful, interesting chords. You don't have to understand them to know that you like harmony that is complex. Right? Right. Like, what I think 
what I'm going to keep coming back to here is this is a tool used by quote-unquote real musicians. But it is not something to be gatekept. Music theory is... It sounds cerebral and boring and studious and scientific. But really all it is is just trying to put to words... Uh, and give definition to what it is that is be- happening in music. It's nothing more than more than complicated than that. So, you don't have to go to school to know that you find jazz and jazz chords really beautiful. And if it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But, you know, then you then at least, you know, um, you are more interested in more traditional types of harmony. There you go. That's that's why I I share this with it with all of you. Oh, man. Am I that's am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my, you know, Tim, my entire the only thing I ever think about and I I mean this almost uh, without hyperbole is harmony mm. and it's it's incredible I mean uh, it's just color right and and yes. every every note in in a basic pop song or you know just a tune can have I mean, nearly infinite different harmonizations, uh, and you can make it sound happy. You can make it sound sad. The way that uh, you know the chords move from one to another, um, it's it's beautiful. I mean, have you ever listened to the isolated Beach Boys harmonies? Come on, <laughs> not as much as you have, pal. But no, I... <laughs> no you have not. <laughs> Harmony is 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 for the most part, I think. What decides how, y- what kind of emotion you feel listening to music? Mm-hmm. A moving key change, for instance, you know, at the at the emotional height of some great symph- symphonic work, or or even in a pop song, um, a killer key change pulls the rug out from under you, right? That's harmony. You can take a boring song like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and reharmonize it, like you said, put different chords underneath an existing melody, which we'll be getting to soon, um, to, to make it feel different. To make you feel sad instead of, uh, you know, charmed or happy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, harmony. I guess it's it's context, essentially. There you go. Yeah, a melody, which we will we'll get to melody, but uh, you know, a melody is not in a major or minor key. You know what I mean? Like those those are single notes being played. Anything can be happening under and around and over them. Mm-hmm. to make it sound entirely different. It's it's magical. 
It's the joy of music for me, it pal. Is, I, yeah, I agree absolutely. with you. Next up is rhythm. And it, it, it's not just like the drums in a song. If we're asking, is a song fast or is it slow? That's part of it too. Um, are the individual instruments doing, you know, fast rhythms or, uh, you know, just holding down like whole notes? And um, is it just like long droning chords? We don't have to go too deep into this, Matt, but rhythm gives definition to the the harmony in the chords that we were talking about without rhythm you just yeah you just have long droning piles of notes um it's how you decide to play those notes or sing them or or what have you that uh, determines the various rhythmic elements of of a song now this is now it's boring right you're no 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 it's not boring here's because (laughs) damn i might (laughs) The other thing I think about all the time, almost without hyperbole, is rhythm. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to say this. Well, I'm not going to say this about every single one. Matt but, thinks about music a lot. Well, rhythm is the structure. It's the architecture. Yes. Uh, I guess I'm going to say underneath mm-hmm. the song, right? Like, mm-hmm. and 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 the small adjustments um, can make all the difference. For example, like. A disco beat. Don't show up. Don't come out. Don't start. It's just four on the floor. Four on the floor means four beats on the floor, which is the kick drum. So just boom, 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 boom. And that's, you hear something like that, and you're like, oh, that's disco. But then you move that, that offbeat just an eighth note, maybe a sixteenth, but usually an eighth note uh, to the right, mm-hmm. and it becomes... Uh, a Caribbean beat, a soca beat, a reggaeton beat. And and you know that. Like, th- this is, again, this is putting words, giving language to stuff that we probably know. Yes. But that's, that's what's incredible about just, I mean, the, the deep importance of rhythm. Because uh, having just a, a kick drum pounding along every, you know every beat that's that can be dull right and then you hit the snare on on two and four that can also be dull but then the the it changes the genre of what it is depending on where where you move that little eighth note right it's Mm -hmm. it's it's magical it's amazing rhythm is what what causes us instinctively to dance right and um you can do yeah so much of music uh, like especially Latin music, right, is defined s- somewhat by like what kind of dance it makes you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If a song is in three, you're going to waltz to it, maybe. If a song yep. is in four, it, you know it leaves a lot of other room. But um, like you said, uh, a rumba, a reggaeton—is um, it just disco? Yeah. Is or is it not very danceable at all? Is it free? Is it just a solo pianist um, going crazy on on a long? extended section yes it it is what gives so much character to whatever it is that you're happening to hear on to melody 
Well, I could feel a hot one taking me down For a moment I could feel the force Veiny to the point of tears And you were holding on to make a point What's the point? Matt, if I know you, I bet you think about Melody almost all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. Here's... <laughs> Continue. I don't want to. I don't want to hijack this train. Honestly, I want you to because uh, I I know no one on the planet uh, with a more intimate relationship with like the nuances of a good melody than you. Oh, thank you, buddy. Um, yeah. Okay. I think about harmony and I think about rhythm all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and all of these things. None of that matters unless the melody is right. Unless it's a perfect melody. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. The melody is very simple. It's it's what you are going to sing along to. It's yeah. what it's gonna. You want that's what you want to get stuck in your head if you're right, if you're trying to write a good song. Yes. If you're if you have an, a, a really sort of subtle complex cool danceable rhythm and uh really beautiful um harmonizations and the melody is forgettable then you're out of luck pal Hmm. no one is going home and singing the rhythm of a song to themselves it's all about it's all about the tunes but the tune it's the melody right the melody it's the tune it is the tune that is God, it's the most important mm. thing in any song. The story of my life, I take her home, I drive all night to keep her warm in time. It's frozen. To be able to do it, to, to write a good melody, mm-hmm. I can't think of a greater gift. You know, I mean, not to, yeah. not to get spiritual here but it's because it, well, what is what is it tim it's 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 nothing right it, it comes from nowhere and and for some reason it's either beautiful and earwormy and singable mm. or it's forgettable mm-hmm. what, what are the what are the elements that make that work and and here's the thing people have tried many many people have yes. they've written books and things about this uh, that is all garbage. That is trash. The reason I wanted to hand this off to you, pal, is because I could sit here and be like, you know, is it moving stepwise? Is it repeating the same note? Is it leaping in large intervals to different notes? That is all. Yes, those are all, uh, you know, the compound chemicals mm-hmm. of a melody. But. It is such an ethereal thing to to actually nail. Yeah, and because you you are not. I mean, if I guess if you're a bad songwriter, uh, maybe you are thinking about things like that as you're writing a melody, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, did does this have enough movement here, and does this have enough? Uh, you know, did it jump too high at this interval, and 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 all these sort of uh, mathematical questions that you're posing to yourself, and right. those aren't unimportant. But a melody is going to hit you, um, or it's not. Mm-hmm. 
and and there's nothing else that can be said about that. I mean, it's it's you can analyze it, you can discuss it, you can diagram it, and and yep. uh, and chop it up and figure out um, how it works. But mm-hmm. you do not, you cannot understand what makes it work. Does that make sense? You can behold it, but you may not understand it. That's right. Yes, that's, I mean, I've said a couple of things are magical, but that is the most magical element of music. Amen. Lights will guide you home and ignite your bones and I will try to fix you. Let's just tag lyrics onto this too. Like yes, I said, yes. you know, this is not I, I don't have a lot of like intense scholastic uh, musical mumbo jumbo to add to the idea of lyrics, but the lyrics are basic are usually tied to uh, the melody, right? Because you, you have to you have to sing some some notes in some order uh, for uh, you know with the lyrics are the words. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's exactly right, Tim. The lyrics Whatever. are. The words. No, they are. <laughs> there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? And yeah, okay. So that's that is actually important to bring up in the context of, of popular music, mm-hmm. um, because I know, as do you, that a lot of um, otherwise maybe mediocre songs have been I don't want to say saved but at least elevated by the quality of the lyrics that's right my frustration with things now is that it does seem like uh, the lyrics are more um, are, they're, they're being given more consideration Mm-hmm. At least with things like, you know, things that people want to trend on TikTok. That's They're being right. given more consideration than the melody. But the same rule applies. If you have beautiful lyrics, an incredible poem you wrote that uh, just brings everyone in the room to tears. If you set it to a melody that doesn't, um, that isn't magical, then... You're wasting your time. Then you might as well just go right. Go read it in a book of poems. And stuff. Right, write it. Write a poem. I mean, that's yeah. Leonard Leonard Cohen. Uh, he wrote a bunch of beautiful songs, and he also wrote uh, several books of poetry because mm. he understood that poetry is not the same thing as lyrics, nor should it be. There you go. That's just a little aside, but it is is an important distinction, um, and and it matters. Uh, that the lyrics serve the melody and the melody serves the lyrics. I'm going to fly through the last two probably here. Uh, form, this is um, this is something that has been bothering us in pop music, right? Um, form is basically the, the song structure. 
more scientifically, right? It's how does the music unfold over time? Mm-hmm. Is it verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus? You know, that's that's a form. This is where you kind of zoom way out um, and you're not looking at just the melody or, or individual chords. You're looking at the whole of the piece and how is it structured? You know, Matt, I, we, you and I are, are both a little bit bummed about like the idea of a song not needing a bridge anymore. Right. Uh, or, uh, or an intro because, you know, you got to get to the, the lyrics immediately with the algorithm. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, those are, there we're picking the nits of the form, but there's not a lot of like emotion that I'm, I'm going to be putting into like, <laughs> no, wow. Look, I really love, I love it so much when the second verse is half as long as the first. Right. That's right. That's, that's important because yeah, that's, I don't think that's a, really ever a hill to die on, but it is, I mean, it matters because music is the only art that is experienced in time mm. through time right yeah uh, and i mean of course you know when you're beholding a beautiful painting uh you need i guess time to to let it sit with you and process but mm-hmm. music unfolds over time it's not yes. a song if it's if it's a second long and you and you, you can't look at it right so the form right does indeed matter although i think you're right like there's there's not um i don't know many people who have uh hard and fast preferences as yeah. to when things happen in a song like that chorus has to hit now or i'm out no one is just weeping openly over their their love and passion for a a b a form <laughs> right well not anymore <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So that's form. And lastly, timbre. This is where, you know, real like performers uh, love, love to, to get into it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, is this violinist playing, uh, in such a way that the notes sound brighter or darker, you know, like, and and those are things you can like physically, manually control with your hands, uh, or with a certain kind of instrument. You know, it's it's guitar preferences. It's like, do you like an acoustic or electric guitar? Mm-hmm. Um, is it a male or a female voice? Right? It you know, it's it's it, what octave is it in? Uh, is it a high note or a low note? Those are all things that contribute to timbre this is a tough plane to land this exact term right because Mm -hmm. we're we're describing with language sound and that's always sort of a fool's errand we've done a decent enough job over the past however many thousands of years right yes uh but you know words like uh yeah dark and 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 bright are our big ones or like uh raspy or Mm -hmm. or thin Mm-hmm. Or, or mellow. Well, for example, uh, like um, Kendrick Lamar. Probably my favorite rapper, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is 
obviously technically brilliant and there's a lot of depth and thought and everything else that goes into his work. Uh, here's the thing. I like the way his voice sounds. Yeah, dude. Right. Like, and, and I mean, I understand the rest of it. But for example, like, uh, <laughs> I'll throw this guy under the bus. Drake. He's probably good. I don't. <laughs> I can't really stand his voice. Mm. That's just like, and that's me. That's completely me. Mm-hmm. That's my preference, and that's how it works. Like, but it it does uh, matter a lot in kind of uh, being able to, um, I guess, analyze what you like and why, and seek out more like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, to, again, just in being able to kind of put words to, uh, uh, you know, how you're how you're feeling. Lin-Manuel Miranda's voice? Ugh. Mm. Yeah, he's a phenomenal writer, phenomenal, very good. Yes. But his voice is just terrible. Just the worst, yeah. <laughs> just the worst. <laughs> so that's Thrimped, bro. Those are the, uh, those are the concepts... And I think we should take a break and and dedicate our next segment to sort of a show and tell, but I'd, I'd like to explore it in action. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, cool. Uh, your buddies will continue in a moment. Headshot. Sit down. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it. Fade it. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by our friends and colleagues, I would even say, at Spotify. Matt, we love music, and doggone it, do the, the, the folks at Spotify just love music. Yeah, they love uh, data. I know that. <laughs> but I think they also... Music's in there somewhere, for sure. Right. This is... Um, this... Today, as we record, uh, it is the Super Bowl for music data heads. <laughs> it's Christmas, doggone it. And Spotify Wrapped is here to tell us, uh, you know, what what our listening habits were are we in the top one percent of of any artist as a listener you know what what songs are low-key goaded those are things that we're getting answered here today Mm -hmm. but matt this morning i even had a present under the tree oh do tell well it was the spotify wrapped for Ear Buddies, the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know we got one of those. Oh, Matt, did I learn so much about uh, about us and about our listeners? But I just want to start with a uh, a hearty congrats to you, pal, because our listenership jumped up eighteen percent in twenty twenty two on Spotify. Wow, and that's all me. <laughs> Is that what you're saying, or no? No, well, that's, I, yeah, that's a big I, number, Tim. Eighteen percent, nothing to sneeze at. No, it is not exact. You know that number could have gone down for you know, and and it would have had every right to go down. <laughs> uh, 
We did take like six months off this year. People must have been replaying episodes. In 2022, Matt, you and I, sit with this for a second. We created 783 minutes of new content. Uh, That's hard to believe, Tim. (laughs) But I guess you don't miss a Monday, and even if with your hiatus, uh, wow. (laughs) Uh, what What else can I tell you? Do you know what our most listened to episode was? I cannot even begin to guess. It was our discussion of the state of the genre of pop punk. Okay, so more of that. Yeah, more of that. (laughs) And and somehow we need to do more of this, too. Our second most listened to was number 36. Did Owl City rip off the Postal Service? People have been wondering for a long time. (laughs) And we finally answered it. Matt, we have listeners in nine countries, including the United States, the United Kingdom, Norway, India, and the Netherlands. Oh, that, that brings a tear, Tim. Mm-hmm. Wow. It is a big tent, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. But Spotify is more than just data heads. You know, it's not just the Steve Karnecki's of the world here. This is... <laughs> this is... Fo- these are people who love music and they love copyright law. Oh, and how? Matt, the other present I got today from Spotify was an email. You know, one of one of so many emails I've gotten about uh, third-party content in our podcast, Ear Buddies. Mm, but I've yep. never gotten one like this. I sent a picture to you. It's... We, we've gotten takedown challenges on damn near every episode of, of your buddies today every one of those 700 plus minutes <laughs> they're coming for it that's see that delights me because it it gives you a little bit of a glimpse into perhaps what's going on at the spotify offices right mm-hmm. uh because today's the day that people are getting their wrapped and they're all excited and today's the day that uh, internet pirates like you and me are <laughs> getting clapped in irons. Uh, because I guess maybe they hired staff to, you know, send people their gifts, but then they also hired staff to really make sure mm. that. Uh, Nobody's taking anything that doesn't belong to them. Yeah, they're doing everything they can to make sure that we don't receive a 2023 wrapped for podcasters. <laughs> Episodes 27, 20, 28, 59, 2, 23, 20. I mean, I'm just this this list of takedown requests. Um, it's intimidating. It's the first time I've actually truly been scared of what Spotify <laughs> maybe could do to us. Yeah, that's that's it's a lot. I mean, I what happened? Did perhaps did everybody's lawyer get like an email this morning? I don't know. And they're coming after us? Somehow we received a a lovely wrapped present and a little lump of coal this yeah, morning. That's right. Well, someday um, we're going to deal with that for sure. I, someday I, we will. Definitely. Um but for now, I'm just locking my doors and changing, uh, maybe maybe changing the locks. I think I might just change the locks. And 
saying, uh, you know, saying a prayer of, of, of peace and safety for you and me, Matt. I, I just, I hope we make it through this week. Yeah. Wow. Huh. It's Spotify. <laughs> Welcome back to Ear Buddies, buddy. Hey. Hey. All right, pal, let's do a little thrifting uh, with a show and tell. And uh, I'll kick it off here. Of course, I could choose literally anything, you know. Um, But why not start with my self-described favorite band of all time, Coldplay. Hmm. Hmm. And a cut from the album Ghost Stories. Uh, This is a song called True Love. For a second I was in control. I had it once. I lost it though. And all along the fire below would rise. And I wish you could have let me know what's really This is one of my favorite Coldplay songs um, from one of my favorite albums of theirs, uh, which was released in the wake of and is largely about um, Chris's divorce uh, from Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a it's an album that is uh, largely like stripped back. You know, we've talked about how they're like astronauts and they're always in outer space. This album, <laughs> yes, um, this album is pretty earthbound uh and it is almost a return to their old form where, where they were confined to fewer instruments and, and timbres and textures um so you have a lot of nice strings plucked pizzicato strings like dum, 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 but also long uh orchestral chords uh you know played uh, you know with bows and it's it's really lovely an electronic drum beat and synth pads. The harmony is really interesting. This is, you know, by anyone's uh, measure, a pop band, and it's a pop song. But that first melody. For a second, I was in control. I had it once. I lost it though. That in control note, that's a seventh, so he reaches into sort of the jazz tool book. Um, and there are sevenths all over this album, or all over this song. Um, and yet, it has the form and structure uh, of a pop song. It just goes verse to chorus, verse to chorus. Um, and there's a wonderful bridge, too. The melody is haunting and uh, pretty simple. You know, like I said, he's picking out some interesting notes in the verses, especially. 
So it's a it's a lovely bridge and kind of the emotional height of the song. And then he gets to this section, which combines harmony and melody in a lovely way. So the guitar solo there, played by Johnny Buckland, deliberately starts on notes that are way outside the actual chord, atonal notes, and slides them into key, into a a harmonious spot. Um, And that's kind of the hook of that guitar solo, is it starts uh, really dissonant and becomes harmonic. Um, which like fits with the themes of the album and the song more generally of you know true love and like you know, going through something difficult. It's really a, a a a beautiful way to fuse these ideas, I think, and it's why I come back to this song a lot. It's it's catchy, but it's also it has a lot of interesting little spice if you look look just one layer deeper. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. Because uh, yeah, I think I think it is definitely greater than the sum of its parts, and I say that because you know the your I was going to make this point uh, before you just sort of uh, set me up for it. The guitar um, is getting there, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, he starts in a place that sort of makes no sense, yep, and then he gets there. And what's fascinating too is that. I mean, and that definitely lends itself to sort of the longing and the yearning of the song. Mm -hmm. The other thing that does, and this is this is something about melody, which is you know hard to uh, hard to explain in a way that uh, makes it more emotionally impactful. But he he leans on those sevens, right? Yes, yes. And the thing with the seven is that it is also getting there. Mm. And what I what I mean by that, uh, and Tim, I know you know this. You just gave a, a whole class, uh, <laughs> but there are, you know, do re mi fa sol la ti do. Right. Mm-hmm. We start with do. We end on do. That's home. Right. That's that's, right. that's the tonic. That's the one. The seven is the T. Do re mi fa sol la ti. And it so desperately wants to go home. Yeah, man. Do. Right, exactly. That's why, you know, the seven is such a, a beautiful uh, tool, and I love it when it's used, I mean, you know, not just in jazz chords, but the uh, the emotional impact of what they're trying to say in this song is sort of reflected in every layer, which mm. I think is is fabulous. That's good writing. And, you know, just to top it off, the timbre of Chris Martin's voice will always do it for me. You know, he's just a he's just sort of a mopey, sad guy, and he loves hopping into his falsetto. Um, I love that dude's voice. So um, that's why Coldplay goes a long way for me there. It's thoughtful music, I think. And um, with that, man, I think I'd like to hear what uh, what you have for us. 
Sure. I've got a I've got one that I think you're gonna enjoy, Tim. And I know Sweet. you're you're familiar with this song, but I would like to bring to the table Silk Chiffon by Muna. Oh my god, Matt, I that was I almost picked that one. <laughs> it was my mouse was hovering over it. Sundown and I'm feeling lifted. Downtown cherry lipstick. Watch your silk dress dancing in the wind. Watch it brush against your skin. Makes me wanna try your on. Like life's so fun, life's so fun. Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on. Bag on my side, cause I'm out till dawn. Keeping it light like silk chiffon. Life's so fun, life's so fun. Don't need to worry about no one. She said I got her if I want. She's so so This song uh, I chose because I think... I mean, not that every song in the world isn't uh, a good example of uh, all those elements, um, but this one is really interesting because texturally, uh, it's there's a lot going on, right? Yeah, there's there's uh, we start off with that acoustic guitar, beautifully recorded and played, and you know, equalized acoustic mm-hmm. guitar. Uh, but then we've got that filtered drums uh, loop underneath, mm-hmm. and it, it sounds kind of like you know a little bit like one of those '90s songs intros. Oh yeah, yes. Um, and and then her voice. I, I think her voice is is great. Um, she she leans a little bit into sort of more uh, modern, I guess, pop phrasings, um, yep. which is fine. But it's a choice. Um, mm-hmm. And I. I love uh, when the bass comes in. Life's so fun, life's so fun. Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on. Bag on my side because I'm out till... Because it really thickens up the entire production. It's it's, uh, really well thought out. Um, And then what what thrills me about this is the chorus, usually the chorus starts, well, often the chorus starts on the chord... On the one chord, right? The chord yeah. that's the, the key. But yeah. this one does not. And then when the real drums come in, like the drum track, that's some of the best sounding drums, like recorded drums I've heard in a minute, like in a, in a modern studio setting. Um, and then, and then to add even more, like, uh, and this, I guess we're still sort of talking about texture and timbre, but like this song, of course, has Phoebe Bridgers on the second verse. And it also has sort of a rock and roll electric guitar coming in, which I think is just, uh, delightful <laughs> because it's, it's a little bit, uh, incongruous, right? Like, yes. it's, it doesn't totally make sense, but I think it absolutely works. Uh, 
And I, what I love about it too is like, well, in in any of these songs, if you're listening sort of carefully, these yeah. are all choices. Like every every single thing you hear is a mm. choice that somebody made, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's you know, it it frustrates me when it it feels like it wasn't a choice when it feels just sort of la- lazy. Um, so that sort of I guess texture and timbre, the melody is fabulous. I think. I mean. That's you. You either get it or you don't, as far as melody goes, right? There's no yes. way to, for me to convince anybody. Uh, form is not worth writing home about, as with no. most pop songs. That's fine. Um, That's right. Uh, and then, but the the rhythm I love too, because I, I mentioned this uh, my introductory comments, but that particular drum beat, oh uh, baby, it's, it's <sighs> isn't it good? It's the it's like the most. Somehow, that very specific beat became the sound of like 1996 to me. That's right, buddy. It's like Michelle Branch and Vanessa yes. Carlton. Like when I truly I hear that drum beat, that snare kick hi hat pattern, mm-hmm. and that's I mean it's it's instantly triggers that genre for me, which is why I think it's, and I don't know if they did this intentionally, uh, but that's why I think it's very cool, you know, to start off with that acoustic guitar. Um, and, and again, and like, and filtering a a drum beat. So it's almost like, uh, you know, scratching the, the records like Mm -hmm. that, that's cool. I just, I love sort of every choice that was made in that song. I do too. I do too. I had that on, like brutal repeat for for a couple of weeks there when it came out. I yeah, it's really really good. Oh man, what a day at school we've had! Time to throw your backpack on and and just hoist it over one shoulder, you know, and put on your coat. It's cold out today, and uh, walk across the quad back to your dorm because. Uh, well, class, di- class is dismissed, and buddy, you've got an off hour. What are you going to do with it? Oh, probably go uh, to the student center, play some pool, <laughs> see if they're showing friends on the TV like they often do during the day on mute, which I love. <laughs> I would love to play pool with you. <laughs> But students and faculty shouldn't hang out in that way. No, no, no. That would be... No. No, it's not right. So, want to, you know, want to keep it above... I'm still adjunct, so if I'm ever going to get tenure, I got I to gotta be careful about that yep. sort of thing. Yep. So, um, so I will uh, leave you here. I, I won't even shake your hand. I'll just say, don't forget to turn in your homework tomorrow. And thanks for being such a good student. Really you're a, you're a joy pleasure. to have in class. Thank you, thank you. It's thank you for uh, for all your wisdom. <laughs> Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs>